0: The two things we're going to be talking about tonight, and then when we break up into our groups, um, well, I'll say the two things first, and then what we're going to be doing in our groups a little later, but we felt just um, impressed to, to just point our, the rudders of our ships, like put our minds on two things tonight. One, that's friendship with the Holy Spirit, and what does that look like? some people say intimacy with the holy spirit fellowship with the holy spirit but uh, i love the phrase friendship with the holy spirit um, that that touched me as a young man and i remember i remember reading and you guys might you might have some opinions on this guy but uh, there's a book uh, by Benny Hinn called good morning holy spirit did you guys ever have you ever read good morning holy spirit what I was so, I don't remember anything about that book other than how often he talked to the Holy Spirit as a friend throughout the day. And I just remember going, I don't do that, and I have God living inside of me, and I don't talk to him as if, one, he's present, two, as if he's my friend. And so that just touched me as a young man, and that phrase, friendship with the Holy Spirit, um, just actually the desire for friendship of, of the, of the, with the Holy Spirit uh, filled my heart. The second thing we want to talk about tonight is, if we're friends with the Holy Spirit and we're hearing His voice, what are the fears that hold us back from obeying His voice? One, it's, it's, it's key to have a relationship with Him and to hear His voice. But then, when He starts asking you to step out in obedience... Just with different things in our lives, what are the fears that keep us back from obeying him, from that obedience and from those good works he's calling us to do? So that's kind of the, the twofold topic tonight. And then we'll, uh, at 8.15, break up into groups and I'll address what we're going to do there in a little bit. But first, let's just pray and ask the Lord to open our hearts. We need God to hear God. We need God to trust God. We need God to know God. We can't do anything without God, right? So let's ask the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our heart and our spiritual ears to hear tonight. Tracy, would you just pray for us? Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus, we just thank
1: you. God, we thank you that, God, you loved us first the reason that we can love Lord and have the ability to love is because you loved us first Lord I just thank you that every single one of us would just allow that to sink in that you chose us you chose us before time began you chose us now Lord you chose us before we were even in our mother's womb Lord we're chosen we said yes and we thank you for your love lord i thank you that your love god would reign and rule in this place tonight yes. lord yes. i thank you god for fresh baptisms in the spirit of love tonight lord it's love and intimacy lord that will change everything yes. it'll change the way we see other people it'll see it'll change the way we see holy spirit Intimacy and love will change how we see a father, no matter what our past is, no matter how we grew up or what our perception or definition of a father is or a mother is, that God, you'd redefine that tonight, that you'd redefine what a father is, you'd redefine what love is, you'd allow it, God, just to sink in deep and allow us to receive. Allow us to receive from heaven and from you, Holy Spirit. We love you, Holy Spirit. We just honor you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, the person, the giver, the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus. We acknowledge you. We acknowledge you in this place, and we say, have your way. Whatever you're going to do, Lord, has nothing to do with us. I thank you, God, that you convict the heart of your children tonight to fall deeper in love with you, allowing them to operate, to operate from a place, Lord, that loves your children. We can't give away that which we haven't received, so I thank you, God, that we'd receive, that we'd receive into manifestation in a different way tonight, Lord. God, we just open our arms and we say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I thank you that when we breathe in, Lord, we breathe you in. And when we exhale, Lord, everything not of you, God, comes up. We inhale you and we exhale that which is not created by you, Lord. Whatever it is in our flesh, whatever it is in our mortal beings, Lord, it just leaves when we breathe you in and we acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. I thank you for your pneuma, your spirit, your breath, Lord, over this place tonight. We thank you. We're so grateful. that we come to you with gratefulness and thankfulness for who you are, what you are, who you are, and whose we
0: are. Amen. Amen. So the as we were as I was thinking about this yesterday and today, um, I just have a few verses I want to start out with, and then we're going to pass it around and just share some thoughts. And, uh, but the first verse that jumped out to me was First Corinthians six verses nineteen and twenty. First Corinthians six verses nineteen and twenty. wait for you guys to turn there if you want to. We'll just open up with two verses and then it says this. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you? Whom you have from God. And then Paul is just, I love this phrase. You are not your own. (laughs) For you have been bought with a price. And we know that was the great price, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So, and the idea is, since your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, since you are not your own, since you've been bought with a price, what are we to do with this? We are to glorify God in our bodies. And as I I was thinking about friendship with the Holy Spirit, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, this is this is a verse I go back to often. Um, I have been made, I have been created, not for myself, but I've been created for a dwelling place of the Spirit of God. Now, I think it's interesting because you've been created for a dwelling place for the Spirit of God as well. And the same Holy Spirit that dwells in me dwells in you. We are one body filled with one spirit and that is just an incredible ministry as I talk to the Holy Spirit and as you Mike, talk to the Holy Spirit we're talking to the same God as we give our bodies as we realize we are not our own but we are created to be temples of the Holy Spirit and as we fellowship it with him we're all fellowshipping with the same God for the purpose Of glorifying God in our body in our in my body individually and I think in the body of Christ as a whole he is orchestrating he is leading us as a people to glorify Jesus and he's the great counselor he's the wise counselor that knows how to bring glory to God and I am his temple so this is just something that I tell myself regularly in as I strive for obedience in the Holy Spirit, I am yours, you dwell within me. I I am your temple, and the purpose of you living in me is so that I glorify God with my body. And so we have the Holy Spirit within us. We are his temple, we are his house. And the second verse I was thinking about was 2 Corinthians 13, verse 12. Paul ends... 2 Corinthians with this wonderful phrase he says I'll let you guys turn there we're taking the interns through uh, we took uh, we have some interns here at, at the church and we took them through the New Testament over the summer we read through the New Testament together and, and, um, and one thing I, I told them was honestly my Bible, my Bible school growing up was listening to sermons, and every time a verse was said, I would turn my physical Bible to that verse and look at it and see it for myself. And then I'd look at the context around it. So I just want to encourage all of us. Like, I still do it. If a verse gets said, I'm flipping there because I want to refresh. I want to remind myself. So it's so good to get in the habit of just when someone says a verse, just turning in your physical Bible to that verse. You really get to know your Bible, especially if you listen to a lot of sermons, right? <laughs> okay. And if the pastor goes through a lot of verses. So the second verse I was thinking of was, okay, I'm the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. He is to, his job is to glorify God through my body. And I was reminded of what Paul says at the end of 2 Corinthians, he says, Now the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. The love of God be with you. Those are great, right? We want the grace of the Lord Jesus. We want the love of the Father. Two great things. But I love this phrase. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We're supposed to stand in the grace of Christ. We're supposed to experience the love of God. And we are supposed to fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up in church, hearing the word fellowship a lot, but that's not a word we really use outside of church. You know, you don't go to your coworker and say, hey, let's go fellowship after work together, you know. It's a very churchy phrase. And sometimes I think we can lose the meaning of what that means. Like, my, my church growing up was named Trinity Fellowship. We had a fellowship hall, you know. We, we would go over and fellowship. And I grew up hearing this phrase, but The word that's behind this, and if you've been in the church for a while, you've heard this a lot, taught on a lot, but the word behind this is koinonia. And it's translated differently all throughout the New Testament because it has so many meanings in the Greek. And it could be, uh, it's what Paul uses to say, do you want to give a contribution? Do you want to contribute to the Jerusalem church with your money, and he's asking the Corinthians to do it. It's what they say of the uh, apostles that they, are in Acts 2.42, that, that um, the early church, you know, they broke bread, they were in the disciples' teaching, or they, they were in the teaching of the apostles, and they were in the fellowship, the koinonia, with one another. And the, I think the best word that helps me understand fellowship is Participation. This is how the ESV translates fellowship. When Paul says, um, he says, "If any of you has any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation or fellowship with the Spirit," and when I think of my fellowship with the Spirit, I think of my participation with Him, my active uh, being led of the Holy Spirit. He is speaking, but I am participating with what he's asking me to do, with how he is leading me, with what he is showing me in the word. It's this dynamic participation between us and the spirit. And so so just kind of laying that groundwork, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us. We are not our own. Our bodies are to be used for his glory. And we are to have an active participation with him as a person. Amen? Amen. So I'm just going to give it to Anna, and she's going to give us some thoughts on just developing friendship with the Holy Spirit.
2: Okay, who else was thinking Lord of the Rings when he oh, said fellowship? fellowship? of the ring, that's <laughs> right. I'm not the only one that was thinking. We do use that <laughs> word, but not in that context. But uh, I love that. Um, When I think of friendship with the Holy Spirit, um, I think just the last couple weeks we've been talking about prophecy and hearing God's voice. And I think we've talked about it before, but there's really two reasons primarily that you see through scripture, through the prophets, Old Testament, New Testament, where um, why people are seeking God's voice. And the first for me is relationship. And the second is for direction. And so we talk about prophecy a lot of the time. We can ask the Lord to hear his voice for direction for a situation or what we should do. But primarily, um, we want that to be to seek his voice for relationship. And I, even through worship, I don't know if any of you, I just felt like it was so tender in here. And I just um, was struck by the truth that there is an incredible exchange that the God of the universe, that the God in the flesh, through Jesus, not only died for us, but is pursuing us, me and you. He wants friendship with us. Is That's incredible. That alone should just stun us, I think, and put us into that awe of God that that is how deep and how wide and how his love is just so powerful and so incredible that um, this friendship, when we think of positioning ourselves for friendship with Jesus, um, It's through the Word. I felt like the Lord really was um, highlighting to me today um, just the difference between in the New Testament in the Greek, the word, word. There's two different, um, and you might have heard this, but the word can signify logos, which is the written word, the Word of God, this right here, and also the rhema word. And so... In talking about um, I, Timothy, kind of we're fanning the flame and the gifts of God that he's given us and um, pursuing God and fellowship, talking to him. Obviously, I think for me, you know, I'm I'm married, so think of spouses or your friends or your children. You have to have uh, communication, right? You have to talk back and forth to have... Um, that fellowship. So just really simplifying it and knowing that I want to position my heart to hear God's voice, not for direction primarily, but for friendship, to know him more, to know his personality, to remember the story of God in the word over and over of forgiveness and mercy and grace and reconciliation that he's wooing us back over and over, even in the old covenant, he would make a way for us to be reconciled back to him. And then ultimately Jesus um, reconciled us back to the family of God. So um, for me, that is getting in the word. Um, And I know sometimes people Just share with me that they they don't have that. They read the word and they just don't understand it. And I just would love to encourage you, if you're in that place, to just keep reading it. Um, Your spirit is receiving. Sometimes we don't have full revelation or understanding of what we're reading. But with that rhema word, what happens is it is, I like to think of it as it's dropped into my spirit. And when I go to talk to someone, minister to someone, pray for someone, that gives the Holy Spirit the opportunity to bring back that word of God out of me. So that's what remote means. It means um, just an utterance, a quick, it could be one word. I love that Holy Spirit doesn't need, it doesn't have to be a three-page prophecy, right? It could be one word. That is direct And a lot of times when that rhema word is talked about in scripture, um, it's talked about in Ephesians because he gives us the sword, right, of the spirit. And when the spirit drops something into us as we read the word, as we worship, and I would just like to encourage you, those songs that you were just um, leading us in, try to worship to I know this sounds probably funny, but to put on worship when you're worshiping the Lord, to hear his voice, to be with him, uh, that there are worship songs that are, ta- they're praising him. They're not about us. There's a lot of worship songs, actually, that they're about us. There are prayers sometimes, our petitions, but look for, ask for discernment for worship songs that are just about him. What can happen is that we that can confuse us. Also, we're actually focusing on ourselves and we don't notice it because it's you know a popular worship song. But so, I'm just going to pray discernment for all of us to be able to discern and recognize it, am I worshiping God or am I singing my prayers? And there isn't anything wrong with that, but in hearing and spending time with him, right? God wants to be, and even when I'm reading the word, for me, I am reading to know him. I'm not reading to uh, study him. God doesn't want to be studied. Holy Spirit doesn't want to be studied. Jesus doesn't want to be studied. He wants to be known, right? How many of us want to be studied? I don't want to be studied. (laughs) But I would love to be known. I want to share my story. I want to pour out my love. I want to, um, for someone to know what my story is and my personality. And Jesus has a personality. We always say, like, God has a sense of humor. (laughs) He does. He truly does. And the more we read the word, um, I feel like we can see more of that. Yeah, so I think that, that's pretty much what I wanted to share. And I, I just love James 4, 4 um, really quick. Again, with, with just his jealousy for us, it reads... Don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? And so that's the hindrance to sometimes that we need to realize that there's two paths. I'm either in friendship with God and the Holy Spirit, or I'm actually in friendship with the world. And so we each get to make that decision over and over. But um, going on. Um, He says, I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Don't you think, this is verse 5, do you think the scriptures have no meaning when they say that the spirit of God placed within us is filled with envy? Or other translations can read zeal. He is zealously pursuing us. I think in, in me thinking that I want to be and desire uh, friendship with the Holy Spirit, it is so comforting to me to know that the God of the universe that created the heavens and the earth, God in the flesh, in Jesus, Holy Spirit, are per- he's pursuing me. He is jealous for me. He wants to be in relationship and intimacy with me. It just seems like such an incredible exchange that we would get everything that God is, that Jesus is, that the Spirit is for exchange for us, Mm. right? So just, I I think that is just a good place to put our heart in position to know that I'm, I'm going to grow my friendship in the Lord through worship, through prayer, through reading the Word, to know Him, to know this person, so that... When I am called out, there is something for Holy Spirit to work with, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from the word of God that has been deposited in me by his spirit. And I know that that rhema word is going to be direct. It's going to cut right through whatever it is that's happening in someone else's life. And cut through the fear and whatever else we face.
0: That's good, Anna. The... Uh... So just, again, you did a great recap. It's, it's developing friendship, getting to know the Holy Spirit through meditating on the Word of God, getting to know the person of the Holy Spirit. He's leading us to Jesus. He's leading us to the Father. But then also having the Word in our heart, spending time in the Logos so that the, so that the Holy Spirit has ammo within us to kind of pull out and use that to bless others and to encourage others, to have that sword kind of go from our mouth, just like it's going from the mouth of Jesus in Revelation chapter one, the sword's coming from his mouth. The only way the sword comes from our mouth, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is if the Word of God is inside of us. And I this this was told me as a young man, and it it was always a good uh, picture for me. Uh, someone said, "You want to get to know the Holy Spirit." you want to turn up the Holy Spirit's voice in your life, he said, spend long hours in the Word of God and you'll get to know him. And it's almost like you're putting your hand on the volume knob and turning up his voice as you get to know his language and His and the way he speaks to you through the Word of God. I loved that. That was so practical. I was like, okay, great. I'm going to get to know the Holy Spirit as I read the Word and ask him questions and dialogue with him and talk to him. Tracy, Thoughts on friendship with the Holy wow. Spirit. Yeah, right?
1: Uh, I love that word fellowship as well. I, I'd rather use the word hang. Like, let's, go, let's go hang, Marcus. Than let's go fellowship. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, um, to, to Marcus' comment earlier, um, you know, what holds us back? This is the second part of what we were going to talk about, friendship, fellowship. I want to add to that a little bit. But um, Marcus was talking about um, what holds us back. Like, what fears? And, um, you know, Second Corinthians seven says, I did not create the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So we know it's not from God, uh, this fear. And fear comes in a lot of different, uh, manifests its way, itself in a lot of different ways. Um, we talked about this a little earlier today. And, and uh, it's amazing because even intimacy with the Holy Spirit, just to, to maybe set the stage. And I said this earlier, I, I feel like, you know, we get the Father, we know the Son, but the Holy Spirit in the church, you know, in the collective church, from whether it be denominations or, what, or otherwise, um, I think that the Holy Spirit is kind of like that redheaded stepchild. <laughs> like, it's, it's not always acknowledged. And I think when we acknowledge something and, and honor that something, that, that something actually honors us in whatever we're doing in, in that moment, whether it be ministry or, or otherwise. And uh, this fear, though, comes in a lot of different ways, and I think it comes a lot of times in in when we're not stepping out boldly. Um, you know, the Word of God says to step boldly to the throne of grace. And We talked about grace last what last week being the very thing that empowers us to do what God's called us to do. So if we're not stepping boldly, I mean, th- that looks like sometimes I I know from my own journey, and I'll ra- I'll be the first to raise my hand would would be like shame, uh, guilt. Um, I, I don't I don't have the power to, um, you know, to, to deliver that person of alcoholism because, hey, um, on Saturday night, I like a couple beers. I don't drink, by the way, but I'm um, just using this as an example. Um, or, or I can't deliver um, that person or minister to that person for this reason because I'd be a hypocrite because I'd do the same thing. I can tell you right now that God's not worried about your stuff. He's not surprised about it or any of those things. He just wants you to step forward in faith so that he can do his part on the grace and, and, and so you can deliver the message from heaven for that moment, whatever's needed in that moment. So with this fear, once again, we, it could be a whole other rabbit hole, a whole other teaching, but, um, but, um, but this fear comes in different shapes and sizes and different ways. And I heard Bill Johnson put it this way one time. We all have the ability to hear the voice of God. And he went into this teaching about... Um, if, it, if it's not a question of us being able to hear the voice of God, then it's our willingness to hear the voice of opposition. And so, um, sometimes the enemy's really good at whispering and convincing us otherwise of some of the things that, that, that float in this, uh, this space. Um, I was reading in Psalms too, I just, you don't have to go there. 5611, I, I love how David put it. Um, even as we were praying about David and Goliath, or, or uh, uh, Mike was praying into that. In God have I put my trust. Who are we putting our trust in? I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen. What can man? And I feel like that sometimes that's the biggest fear we have is the fear of man. Like I'll be rejected. I'm fearful that I'll look like a fool. I'll be whatever. I can tell you this. When you have intimacy, and I'll talk about that in a moment, when you have friendship and, uh, with, with God, um, that fear of man just seems to go away. <laughs> it seems to evaporate uh, right before our own eyes. So how do we get rid of that fear? How do we get that rid of it? The Word goes on to say that perfect love casts out fear. So if we want to get rid of it, we just need God in us because God is love. If there's one thing God says he is in the Word, it says he's love. Can we all agree on that? Amen. So let me circle that back now. After we, I, I just want to kind of touch on that, like this fear and things that may hold us back from stepping out and being bold for Jesus. Because we're going into a new season, guys. Even this prayer and fasting, Mike Kevin and I haven't chatted much recently, but I shared a dream with him. I haven't shared it with anybody. Um, I, I was on a call earlier. <laughs> Coincidentally, it was 7 o'clock Eastern, and uh, I w- it was an international uh, weekly healing Zoom um, with some ministry friends and uh, he called me this afternoon and, and he said hey the guy that we're supposed to have speak <laughs> I don't know what happened but hey are you spontaneous and I said yeah sure and I go what are we going what are we going after what is intimacy with the Holy Spirit <laughs> and I'm like oh how oh, that resonated like very very quickly so it was kind of interesting <laughs> that I got warmed up before I came here uh, warmed up my engine for sure. Um, all that to say that God's word says that I no longer call you, um, servant. I no longer call you a slave, but I call you friend. And let me tell you when I learned this, when I had revelation around this, when I would stay up six hours, seven hours, eight hours, like all night, like in my office and the angels would come visit me. And some of the things that took place in those, those seasons that I've had anyway, I can tell you when you know your friend that fear just lifts off of you. Things happen where you're like, I don't know where that went, that fear or that shame or that guilt or that, I don't know where it went, but it just went. I mean, you'll look back. If you dive deep, if you come close and you get intimate with Holy Spirit, I can assure you this stuff's going to go away. You're going to wonder one day, you're going to look back and go, I don't know where it went. It just went away. So if he calls us friend, you know, friends let friends in the know they, they they like they share secrets, right? you ever have a friend like you have a close friend? hey, Marcus, you're my best friend. I'm going to tell you a secret. You can't tell anybody else, but I want to tell you a secret right Does that resonate with anybody? I can tell you when when we call him friend he'll he'll allow us to eavesdrop on the conversations of heaven he'll He'll speak to us. In ways that we didn't think he would speak to us, in even like Peter, John, and James, right? Anytime something crazy was going down with Jesus, who showed up? Who was with Jesus? Peter, John, James. Why is that? Because he they had a closer relationship, I think, with Jesus than the others. It's relationship. It's intimacy. It's love.
0: Amen. Something I just want to to add is as. Tracy's talking as he's brought it back to friendship is, uh, and maybe you can speak into this, Tracy, a little bit, but, but friendships, and Anna hit this too, they, there's a dialogue between friends. Yeah. There's a speaking to and there's a listening. Um, I feel like, and I, I've just been, even on this, as, we've been, uh, as I've been thinking about this subject, even convicted in my own life of uh, just moments throughout the day where I don't bring to him what I'm thinking. I don't bring to him what I'm going through. I might wait for certain times. I have a regular prayer life and a a rhythm in prayer, but I want to talk to the Holy Spirit not just every day, not just every hour, but why aren't we dialoguing with him Every ten minutes, every five minutes, you know, just asking Him, Holy Spirit, what do you think about this? Holy Spirit, give me your thoughts on this, and listening for His thoughts, and listening for for Him. Uh, I love, I love. I'm going to point out Mike here. I love praying with Mike because when you pray with Mike, it's not just praying. And this is a lot of a lot of people in this church, but. But when I pray with Mike, it's we start to pray, but then it's, oh, Lord, this is what you're saying. Mm. So it's a, it's a dialogue of prayer. It's asking God to do things, but it's also, it's also being sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's even saying as you're praying for someone or as you're praying for something. And he begins to direct you in how to pray, in what to do next. I would really encourage uh, us all just to practice this throughout the week, especially as we're going out and ministering in the community, um, as you're praying for someone, it's not just like an onslaught of words that come out that are gonna that are gonna change things. But I but it's I mean it's it's true. Our prayers are heard and our prayers are powerful. It's great. But I want to encourage you as you're praying for someone, just to be aware of what's coming out of your mouth, what's warming your heart as you're saying something the thoughts that are going through your mind. And as you're praying for them, you'll you'll just get this little thought of their career, this little thought of their job, this little thought of their children. And that's the Holy Spirit directing you in prayer as how to pray for someone, how to bless someone. Even in conversation with someone, uh, as you're talking to them about Jesus, as you're testifying, Mm -hmm. be aware in the moment what you're asking, as you're talking of the thoughts that are going through your head. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, um, it's not like a freight train going through your mind. It's like just this gentle little thought in the back of your head, and it's like, oh. And as you step out and you're obedient to address that, you know, as, as I'm talking to you, I'm just feeling something about your family. Are you going through a hard time in your family? Or is there anything we can pray for your family? You know? And they'll go, yeah, there actually is. We're going through, I mean, that's an easy one. Everyone's going through crazy stuff in their, with their family. <laughs> but if the Holy Spirit directs that, you just start to ask those questions. So and that's him. That's us talking to him, but also listening to him in the place of ministry. But that also happens in the Word of God. Like, you're spending time in the Word. You're talking to him, and you're listening to him as you're thinking about Scripture. So talk so about that good. dialogue, Tracy. It's about, that's so good, by the way.
1: Um, it's a bi-directional communication channel. You're so right. Like, man, we have the ability. It's not a one-way conversation. (laughs) You know, I knew, I remember growing up, I was the third of four and I was not such a great child. (laughs) I had uh, some behaviors that would not replicate what Christ called me to (laughs) walk in for sure. But like when you're getting scolded or when mom and dad are talking to you, remember that's a unidirectional communication channel. Anybody know that unidirectional? You know, this is bidirectional. I call you friend. Um, you know, I went through a season where I, it was—I um, went through several seasons, but um, of just intimacy. I remember coming back down from from Casper. I was involved and had my hands in my businesses, uh, um, some of my businesses uh, more than other seasons. But um, I remember driving back and I got baptized in the Spirit of Love. I drove from Casper back down to to Boulder. It's almost a four and a half, five-hour drive. I, I remember the audio book, and I love the dude with the cool voice that um, on the Holy Bible app. That he has the super cool voice. Um, but I remember turning. I was in Revelation 4, and the next thing I know, I'm sobbing. I had to pull over like a half a dozen times. I was a mess, and I got baptized in the spirit of love. I saw a lot of different things, but the following week, I was in a clinic. Can I share a story? Is that all right? We got time? Um, I, I was, um, the week after that, I was in one of my clinics and i remember um i um i wasn't supposed to be there one of our clinicians didn't show up that day and um and we were short we were thinking about closing that clinic for the day and i said i'll, I'll go over and actually watch over it. i'm not a clinician myself but i know enough to be dangerous so i thought hey i can i can cover it and i remember we uh, we were on a floor with a there's a uh, orthopedic office just down the hall and um and then they'll call us over to, to fit certain uh, medical devices on patients, et cetera. And I remember calling, they called me over and I'm, I walk in and I walk into the casting bay and, and there's, a, there's a lady there. And I remember just uh, instantly thinking, oh, she, she reminds me of my mom. She was an um, older, older uh, woman. And I just remember that, that same feeling that I had in the car where I sobbed for, had an ugly cry for like five hours and got baptized in the spirit of love. I felt that same thing. And I remember the Lord started to speak to me, and I started to see some things. And um, I was going to fit her or measure her for this medical device. She had just fractured her, her foot or and ankle. Um, and uh, and I remember sitting in front of her, and I was going to do some measurements. And um, I remember looking up at her, and um, I saw this picture, and I saw a car and a man standing next to the car. And I said, um, and, and, and it was one of those, bi-directional, or I'm having this conversation with God in the middle of this thing, so I'm trying to do things, and you, know, you guys have heard me talk about when we're in the chaos, when we're in the static, when we're out there, how do we hear the voice of God when our left brain is on fire, and we're having to pull up facts, figures, and speech, and carnal language, etc., but I was listening as closely as possible, and I remember saying, hey, I don't know where your faith's at, but, um, but um, sometimes the Lord just speaks to my heart, and I, I get impressions, and um, I said, I said, I see a, a, a man standing next to a car, and it looks like an older car, like maybe a, a car that's been restored. And she just starts weeping uh, profusely. And uh, after several minutes, um, she, uh, she looks up at me, and um, I said, are you okay? And she said, yeah. She said, that man was my husband. And that car, he took 12 years to rebuild. And after he rebuilt it, he took uh, took it on the drive and he was actually killed in a car accident in that very car. <laughs> how many, well, how many of you know that sometimes just being the bearer of bad news is not always that great. Like, it was one of those moments where I started weeping then. And and I said, Hey, can I pray for you? And I just prayed for, um, in that, in the most intimate way, I, I can't explain it. I mean, we've all been there, but, it was just this intimacy that filled the room. And I just prayed for her heart. Like, I can't imagine, like, losing a spouse and to this. And you could tell she loved him dearly. I remember finishing, and she looked up at me, and, um, and she said, Are you an angel? <laughs> Anybody ever said that to you? I just started laughing. I didn't mean to. I mean, this was one of those awkward moments, too. I, like, started, la- like, laughing. Literally, LOL, right? Um, I-, I started laughing because I, like... I'm surely not an angel. I can assure you that. But, um, and, and, and I remember kind of laughing and then she started like pinching my cheeks. (laughs) She goes, are you sure? Oh, I just wanted to pinch her cheeks back. So I did. And, and, uh, there was just this bond that just took place (laughs) between yes, like my mom and I, I just flashbacks. And, um, and she said, um, she goes, man, I feel like super, super good. I, she goes, I feel like my ankle and my foot are healed. Now, understand, this just took place. She had multiple fractures in her foot and her ankle. And um, and she was there to get um, a week after the injury, and they're changing this uh, splint out for a cast, and then she was going to go into this cast for six weeks. And I was just measuring her for a device after that six weeks so that we could fit her with it, an orthotic device. And she goes, I feel like I heal. I really, really feel good. And I go, um, oh, I... And I'm thinking to myself, we didn't even pray for healing. I'm thinking that to myself. And then she says, no, I really, I feel like we're, I'm healed. And she gets up off the, the Caspé table, the, the examination table, and she starts walking. She kind of feels it. And then she starts walking, and then she starts running. And she runs, and this, this clinic is in a big circle. And um, and she starts running through the halls. And the, the, I know the doctors in this clinic, by the way. Um, <laughs> She starts running, and she runs it in a complete circle and ends up back at the bay, and she goes, and she yells, you're an angel, and I, I'm, now I'm really like, I'm watching, and I'm looking, and the doctor's looking at me like, what in the world just happened, like, he, almost like that look of, he was, I, I could tell, he was a little like, I, I could tell, he he was definitely frustrated, <laughs> I'll leave it at that, and so, his patients running around week post, a week from an acute injury with multiple fractures in her ankle and her foot. She runs around again and comes back. And she goes, I'm healed. I'm healed. And now the doctor's really getting, uh, I could tell that he's like, I'm the doctor here. Uh, I can tell you that you're not healed. Um, and then she starts, he starts to explain this. She goes, why are you walking? So all this to say, um, this conversation goes on between the doctor and the patient and me, that she thinks she's healed and. I don't want to say anything. And he says, you're not healed. And then he goes, I'll prove it. He goes, let's take a picture. Let's take an x-ray. So he actually, they took the patient. And I, I'm looking at the x-ray from one week ago. It's sitting up, you know, that glass, the box that has a light behind it. And you put up your x-rays there. You can just, you don't have to be a surgeon or anybody else to see all of the fractures inside her foot and ankle. And I'm looking at it. and I'm going, this should be interesting. And, um, and so he sends her back to the x-ray room. And she comes back out. And we're waiting there. And I'm actually at this point, because I know these doctors, and they're believers as well. And we all have a different belief and God meets us where we're at. But at the same time, um, I'm like, it was one of those awkward moments where I could just kind of feel like this holy tension, like divine tension kind of just pressing down on me. And then sure enough, the the x-ray tech comes around the corner with the x-rays in her hand. And she looks like ghostly white, um, um, not the same shade of color that she was before. Um, I walked into the clinic, she walks over and she throws them up on the view box and the doctor walk, walks out of a clinic and walks into the room, the bay area, and looks at them and I've already seen the x-rays by now. Um, uh, fractures, when they heal, they have, the, you form callus and it has these rounded edges and, you know, callus forms and then bone reforms, etc. And there were no fractures on this x-ray. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, oh my, I'm, like, I'm more surprised, I think, than anybody else in the building at this point. Um, because I've been in orthopedics, and a lot of my businesses and companies were all in healthcare and orthopedics. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like the doctor's about ready to walk in, and he walks in, and he looks at it. And he he doesn't believe it. He goes, are these the x-rays you just took? He asked the, cast, the x-ray tech, are these the pictures you just took? Like in this really, really like stern voice. And I'm like, Okay. Um, and then he goes and he goes into another clinic exam room and he said he pulls one of his other orthopedic uh, doctor um, associates out, one of his, uh, his partners. And he says, hey, i got to show you something. I want to show you something. And he hit the dates in the, at the top. He slid them up into the view box so you couldn't see them. He says, hey, those are two, uh, this is the patient. There are the x-rays. What do you think? And he goes, oh, it looks like she had a, some fractures about six to ten weeks ago. And uh, on the le- that's on the left, and he goes, and right here, man, looks like she's healed. She doesn't need to be seen by you anymore. <laughs> In those words, doesn't need to be seen by you anymore. And I'm thinking, oh. For those of you who know that, like, you have customers, these are my customers. Like, and for those of you that know, this is not a good. Uh, business strategy to go around healing people so they don't need your device, (laughs) your device (laughs) that costs thousands of dollars to, uh, to, to go on their leg or their arm or wherever it's going. Um, And so nonetheless, um, I'll stop there. I know we're running over, but um, all of that to say, there was just this, I was in this season of intimacy with Holy Spirit. Can't explain it even if it was a remembrance of my mom or whatever it may look like, but I felt that same thing, that, that that baptism in the spirit of love just overwhelmed me in this moment. And it was, I didn't even pray for healing. I mean, imagine that. I, I just prayed for her out of my heart. And I remember I went through a season where God spoke to me and he said, that's your, that's your, that's your, um, or that's my daughter first. This is Nikki, my wife. That's That's my daughter first, and she's your wife second. And, man, I went down a a several-month journey of going really deep. Um, And I remember in a ministry moment him speaking to me again. And um, and this is how I minister. When I minister to someone, I, I am steward. I need to steward how I minister in that moment, how I hold that person's heart, God's child, because God said, that's my son or that's my daughter. First, it's the person you're praying for second. And and same thing. He spoke about my wife, but now he's talking about in the ministry means. And I'm like, oof. and so every time I minister now, I'm like, that's God's daughter or God's son first. And it's the person that I'm praying for second. And I'm telling you, when you, when you're holding a person's heart in your hand, literally, in a moment of ministry, because it can be delicate, um, that has a direct reflection of our, our intimacy and our friendship with God, our relationship with God. I'd encourage all of you to just kind of reset your framework in a little bit of a paradigm shift. But think about that when you're ministering for people, to to Marcus's point. It's just not another notch in your belt. It's just not another person. Power is going to come. It's just not another prayer. But to actually imagine that that's God's son or daughter first and the person you're praying for second and how you steward their heart in that moment is a direct reflection of your
0: relationship with God. That's good. Amen. Wow. So, well... Okay, we need to break up into groups here. No, no, you're good. I didn't I didn't say it to say you went long. Wow, okay. <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> so I so we're encouraged intimacy with the Holy Spirit, friendship with the Holy Spirit, dialogue with the Holy Spirit, um, two-way communication, listening. Um, talking to him, I think what I would like to, I, I think I do want to make this, this shift. And, and there, there was a moment Tracy was talking about in his testimony that I just want to highlight. He, he walks in, he's had experiences, he's had an experience with the Lord. We've all had encounters with the Lord. He walks into this meeting and he, and he feels that same love. And he feels something, Lord, you're doing something here, like you're opening my heart here. And But he's busy. And he's, but he also is getting this picture of this man beside a car. What is it that when the Lord does that with us, when he starts to speak to us about someone, and we're asking him, Lord, Lord what are you saying to, about this person? And he begins to share with us things, or, or we feel led to pray for someone, or we feel led to, what keeps us with that, like, What we talked about yesterday that like internal resolve for good what keeps us from like acting on that and actually taking the next step and saying the lord speaks to me sometimes and i'm just getting this picture and does this mean anything to you so what i actually want to spend in our groups is addressing the fears that keep us back from stepping out in obedience to the holy spirit's voice now in your group you might go hey i just need to talk about hearing the holy spirit's voice like i'd like just prayer for that but i'd like for us to actually spend some time addressing and actually confessing this is the fear that i have in stepping out uh, i fear that i'm not hearing him well and i'm going to fail i'm fearing that he's actually, I'm, I'm going to step out and pray for the sick and, and his power is not going to come through. I fear that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look stupid. I have the fear of man, you know. I think there's something in confessing the fear and actually saying this is what I'm fearful about and then asking for prayer for that. And then almost, I mean, this is what I'm going to be doing in my group. I'm committing the next time I feel that fear to not respond to it. And so... Tracy uh, referenced this verse. This is the last verse we're going to go through, and then we'll break up into groups. It says this in Second Timothy uh, chapter one, verses six through eight. That Second Timothy chapter one is an incredible passage of scripture, but here's a little nugget out of this. Uh, it says, For this reason, this is verse six, I remind you, Timothy, Paul's talking to Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. And then he just starts to describe what this gift of God isn't and what this gift of God is, okay? And here's the description of what the gift of God is not. For God gave us a spirit not of fear. That's what the gift of God inside of us is not. So as we're flam- fanning into flame, as we are... and. It's that fellowship with the Holy Spirit. As we're participating with the Holy Spirit, as we're in the Word, as we're walking in righteousness, praying in the Spirit, listening for His voice, that's all descriptions of fanning into flame, the gift of God inside of you. That gift of God is not a spirit of fear. But what is it? It is a spirit of power. It's a spirit of love. It's a spirit of self-control. I love that Tracy was moved by compassion. He was moved by love for this person. That's the spirit of love inside of us. The Holy Spirit opening up our hearts to love someone. And then he responded to who the Holy Spirit is inside of him. So we're to fan and to flame the gift of God. The gift of God is not a spirit of fear. It's a spirit of power, love, sound mind. Some translations say self-control. I like the sound mind translation a little bit better. Why are we doing this, verse 8? I think sometimes the the paragraph breaks and the verses sometimes can keep us from hearing the whole flow of thought that Paul has here, or that the scriptures has. He says, why are you doing this, Timothy? Because, or therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. We're fanning into flame the gift of God, the Holy Spirit inside of us, a spirit of power, love, and of sound mind So that we have strength not to be ashamed to testify who Jesus is. I mean, this is Paul's whole thing in Romans. He goes, I want to preach the gospel in Rome. That's the verse that comes right before. Because I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's about opening our mouth and testifying to that spirit of power, that spirit of love, that spirit of self-control, that sound mind he's been given us, it's, it's about testifying about Jesus Christ. And as you open your mouth, there is power that's going to be released. There's love that's going to be released. There's right thinking that's going to come in to the conversation. But we have to open our mouth by fanning into flame the gift of God. So what I want to talk about in our groups and confess and just go around and... is. What, what's that fear that's holding us back from testifying? And for each one, it's a, it's a little different, but I think we're all going to kind of notice that eh, it's kind of the same thing, like just said three different ways. It's just, it's different fears that keep us from, from doing this. So, is that good? Now, this is asking you guys to be kind of vulnerable, and I understand that, but I, I would encourage you, be vulnerable with one another tonight. I mean, actually say, I'm afraid of this. I was taking uh, on Sunday as we were, as we were going out and, and the group I was taking, we were just talking about, hey, none of us are like superheroes in this. None of us have it all figured out. We all have to say no to the same fears to reach out, hand that bag, and say, hey, I, I would love to pray for you. How can I pray for you? You know, we're all afraid of what comes next after that. And so let's just say we're not going to respond to that fear. Amen? Okay. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to break up into groups and share what we feel like is holding us back, and then we're going to pray for one another that this week we're going to have breakthrough in that fear. Lord, I thank you for this time of activation that we're stepping into. I thank you for um, Holy Spirit. One, we thank you that you want to be friends with us, what Anna said. You are the spirit that yearns within us for friendship. And Lord, we thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we say we are your friend. We thank you that we hear your voice. And I pray right now as we step into our groups that we would begin to identify those fears that are holding us back from obedience to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I pray tonight that those fears would be broken and the power of those fears would be broken in the name of Jesus. We ask that we would walk out of here uh, with chains and shackles falling to the ground and tonight, even as we go home and tomorrow as we wake up and as we go into the office and we're around our families, that spirit of fear would not control us. But what would control us would be a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind to testify of the glory of Jesus. Amen and amen.